pilgrimage volume one pointed roofs chapter three sections one through five by dorothy richardson this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter three section one miriam was practising on the piano in the larger of the two english bedrooms two other pianos were sounding in the house one across the landing and the other in the saal where herr kappelmeister bossenberger was giving a music lesson the rest of the girls were gathered in the large schoolroom under the care of mademoiselle for saturday's raccommodage it was the last hour of the week's work presently there would be a great gonging the pianos would cease frulein's voice would sound up through the house anziehen zu ausgehen there would be the walk dinner the saturday afternoon home letters to be written and then until monday holiday freedom to read and to talk english and idle there was a new arrival in the house ulrica hesse had come miriam had seen her there had been three large leather trunks in the hall and a girl with a smooth pure oval of pale face standing wrapped in dark furs gazing about her with eyes for which miriam had no word liquid limpid great saucers no pools great round deeps she had felt about for something to express them as she went upstairs with her roll of music Fräulein pfaff who had seemed to hover and smile about the girl as if half afraid to speak to her had put out a hand for miriam and said almost deprecatingly ach hm, dies ist unser ulrica the girl's thin fingers had come out of her furs and fastened convulsively like cold throbbing claws on to the breadth of miriam's hand unsere englische lehrerin our teacher from england smiled Fräulein. lehrerin breathed the girl something flinched behind her great eyes the fingers relaxed and miriam feeling within her a beginning of response had gone upstairs as she reached the upper landing she began to distinguish against the clangour of chromatic passages assailing the house from the echoing saal the gentle tones of the nearer piano the one in the larger german bedroom opposite the front room for which she was bound she paused for a moment at the top of the stairs and listened a little swaying melody came out to her muted by the closed door her grasp on the roll of music slackened a radiance came for a moment behind the gravity of her face then the careful unstumbling repetition of a difficult passage drew her attention to the performer her arms dropped to her sides and she passed on it was little bergmann the youngest girl in the school her playing on the bad old piano in the dark dressing-room in the basement had prepared miriam for the difference between the performance of these german girls and nearly all the piano playing she had heard it was the morning after her arrival she had been unpacking and had taken on the advice of mademoiselle her heavy boots and outdoor things down to the basement room she had opened the door on emma sitting at the piano in her blue and buff check ribbon knotted stuffed dress miriam had expected her to turn her head and stop playing but as arms full she closed the door with her shoulders the child's profile remained unconcerned she noticed the firmly poised head the thick creamy neck that seemed bare with its absence of colour band and the soft frill of tucker stitched right on to the dress 
the thick cable of string-coloured hair reaching just beyond the rim of the leather-covered music stool the steel-beaded points of the little slippers gleaming as they worked the pedals the serene eyes steadily following the music she played on and miriam recognised a quality she had only heard occasionally at concerts and in the playing of one of the music teachers at school she had stood amazed pretending to be fumbling for empty pegs as this round-faced child of fourteen went her way to the end of her page then miriam had ventured to interrupt and to ask her about the hanging arrangements and the child had risen and speaking soft south german had suggested and poked tiptoeing about amongst the thickly hung garments and shown a motherly solicitude over the disposal of miriam's things miriam noted the easy range of the child's voice how smoothly it slid from bird-like queries and chirpings to the consoling tones of the lower register it seemed to leave undisturbed the softly rounded faintly mottled chin and cheeks and the full unpouting lips that lay quietly one upon the other before she spoke and opened flexibly but somehow hardly moved to her speech and afterwards closed again gradually until they lay softly blossoming as before emma had gathered up her music when the clothes were arranged sighing and lamenting gently wäre ich nur zu hause how happy one was at home her little voice filled with tears and her cheeks flushed happy happy to home she complained as she slid her music into its case were all so good so nice so beautiful and they had gone side by side up the dark uncarpeted stone stairs leading from the basement to the hall halfway up emma had given miriam a shy firm hug and then gone decorously up the remainder of the flight the sense of that sudden little embrace recurred often to miriam during the course of the first day it was unlike any contact she had known more motherly than her mother's neither of her sisters could have embraced her like that she did not know that a human form could bring such a sense of warm nearness that human contours could be eloquent or any one so sweetly daring section two that first evening at waldstrasse there had been a performance that had completed the transformation of miriam's english ideas of music she had caught the word vorspielen being bandied about the long tea-table and had gathered that there was to be an informal playing of pieces before fräulein pfaff she welcomed the event it relieved her from the burden of being in high focus the relief had come as soon as she took her place at the gaslit table no eye seemed to notice her the english girls having sat out two meal-times with her had ceased the hard-eyed observation which had made the long silence of the earlier repasts only less embarrassing than fräulein's questions about england the four germans who had neither stared nor even appeared aware of her existence talked cheerfully across the table in a general exchange that included tall fräulein pfaff smiling her horse smile miriam provisionally called it behind the tea-urn as chairman the six english-speaking girls grouped as it were towards their chief a dark-skinned athletic-looking australian with hot brown slightly bloodshot eyes sitting as vice-president opposite fräulein joined occasionally in solo and chorus and miriam noted with relief a unanimous atrocity of accent in their enviable fluency 
rapid sotto voce commentary and half-suppressed wordless by-play located still more clearly the english quarter animation flowed and flowed miriam safely ignored scarcely heeding but warmed and almost happy basked she munched her black bread and butter liberally smeared with the rich savoury paste of liver sausage and drank her sweet weak tea and knew that she was very tired sleepy and tired she glanced from her place next to emma bergmann and on frulein's left hand down the table to where mademoiselle sat next to the martins in similar relation to the vice-president mademoiselle preceding her up through the quiet house carrying the jugs of hot water had been her first impression on her arrival the previous night she had turned when they reached the candle-lit attic with its high uncurtained windows and red-covered box-beds and standing on the one strip of matting in her full-skirted grey wincey dress with its neat triple row of black ribbon velvet near the hem had shown miriam's steel-blue eyes smiling from a little triangular sprite-like face under a high-standing poof of soft dark hair and said voila miriam had never imagined anything in the least like her she had said oh thank you and taken the jug and had hurriedly and silently got to bed weighed down by wonders they had begun to talk in the dark miriam had reaped sweet comfort in learning that this seemingly unreal creature who was she soon perceived not educated as she understood education was the resident french governess was seventeen years old and a protestant such close quarters with a french girl was bewildering enough had she been a roman catholic miriam felt she could not have endured her proximity she was evidently a special kind of french girl a protestant from east france besançon besançon miriam had tried the pretty word over until unexpectedly she had fallen asleep they had risen hurriedly in the cold march gloom and miriam had not spoken to her since there she sat dainty and quiet and fresh white frillings shone now at the neck and sleeves of her little grey dress she looked a clean and clear miniature against the general dauby effect of the english girls poor though miriam was sure perhaps as poor as she she felt glad as she watched her gentle sprite-like wistfulness that she would be upstairs in that great bare attic again to-night in repose her face looked pinched there was something about the nose and mouth miriam mused frugal john gilpin's wife how sleepy she was section three the conversation was growing boisterous she took courage to raise her head towards the range of girls opposite to her those quite near to her she could not scrutinize some influence coming to her from these german girls prevented her risking with them any meeting of the eyes that was not brought about by direct speech but she felt them she felt emma bergmann's warm plump presence close at her side and liked to take food handed by her she was conscious of the pink bulb of minna bloom's nose shining just opposite to her and of the way the light caught the blonde sheen of her exquisitely coiled hair as she turned her always smiling face and responded to the louder remarks with oh thou dear god or is it possible how charming charming or what in life dost thou say rascal next to her was the faint glare of elsa speyer's silent sallowness 
her clear-threaded nimbus of pallid hair was the lowest point in the range of figures across the table she darted quick glances at one and another without moving her head and miriam felt that her pale eyes fully met would be cunning and malicious after elsa the english began with judy miriam guessed when she heard her ask for brudchen that she was scotch she sat slightly askew and ate eagerly stooping over her plate with smiling mouth and downcast heavily freckled face unless spoken to she did not speak but she laughed often a harsh involuntary laugh immediately followed by a drowning flush when she was not flushed her eyelashes shone bright black against the unstained white above her cheekbones she had coarse fuzzy red-brown hair miriam decided that she was negligible next to judy were the martins they were as english as they could be she felt she must have noticed them a good deal at breakfast and dinner-time without knowing it her eyes after one glance at the claret-coloured merino dresses with hard white collars and cuffs came back to her plate as from a familiar picture she still saw them sitting very upright side by side with the front strands of their hair strained smoothly back tied just on the crest of the head with brown ribbon and going down in rats tails to join the rest of their hair which hung straight and flat halfway down their backs the elder was dark with thick shoulders and heavy features her large expressionless rich brown eyes flashed slowly and reflected the light they gave miriam a slight feeling of nausea she felt she knew what her hands were like without looking at them the younger was thin and pale and slightly hollow-cheeked she had pale eyes cold like a fish thought miriam they both had deep hollow voices when she glanced again they were watching the australian with their four strange eyes and laughing german phrases at her go on gertrude are you sure gertrude how do you know miriam had not yet dared to glance in the direction of the australian her eyes at dinner-time had cut like sharp steel turning however towards the danger zone without risking the coming of its presiding genius within the focus of her glasses she caught a glimpse of jimmy sitting back in her chair tall and plump and neat and shaking with wide-mouthed giggles miriam wondered at the high peak of hair on the top of her head and stared at her pearly little teeth there was something funny about her mouth even when she strained it wide it was narrow and tiny rabbity she raised a short arm and began patting her peak of hair with a tiny hand which showed a small onyx seal ring on the little finger ask judy she giggled in a fruity squeak ask judy they all chorused laughing judy cast an appealing flash of her eyes sideways at nothing flushed furiously and mumbled ich weiß nicht i don't know in the outcries and laughter which followed miriam noticed only the hoarse hacking laugh of the australian her eyes flew up the table and fixed her as she sat laughing her chair drawn back her knees crossed tea was drawing to an end the detail of her terrifyingly stylish ruddy brown frieze dress with its norfolk jacket bodice and its shiny black leather belt was hardly distinguishable from the dark background made by the folding doors but the dreadful outline of her shoulders was visible the squarish oval of her face shone out the wide forehead from which the wiry black hair was combed to a high puff 
the red eyes black now the long straight nose the wide laughing mouth with the enormous teeth her voice conquered easily nine she tromboned through the din mademoiselle's little finger stuck up sharply like a steeple her mouth said oh oh Fräulein's smile was at its widest waiting the issue nine triumphed the australian causing a lull leise kinder leise doucement gently chided Fräulein, still smiling hermann yes proceeded the australian aber hugo nay miriam heard it agreed in the end that someone named hugo did not wear a moustache though someone named hermann did she was vaguely shocked and interested section four after tea the great doors were thrown open and the girls filed into the saal it was a large high room furnished like a drawing-room enough settees and easy-chairs to accommodate more than all the girls the polished floor was uncarpeted save for an archipelago of mats and rugs in the wide circle of light thrown by the forearmed chandelier a grand piano was pushed against the wall in the far corner of the room between the farthest of the three high french windows and the shining pillar of porcelain stove section five the high room the bright light the plentiful mirrors the long sweep of lace curtains the many faces the girls seemed so much more numerous scattered here than they had when collected in the schoolroom brought miriam the sense of the misery of social occasions she wondered whether the girls were nervous she was glad that music lessons were no part of her remuneration she thought of dreadful experiences of playing before people the very first time at home when she had played a duet with eve eve playing a little running melody in the treble her own part a page of minims the minims had swollen until she could not see whether they were lines or spaces and her fingers had been so weak after the first unexpectedly loud note that she could hardly make any sound eve had said louder and her fingers had suddenly stiffened and she had worked them from her elbows like sticks at the end of her trembling wrists and hands eve had noticed her dreadful movements and resented being elbowed she had heard nothing then but her hard loud minims till the end and then as she stood dizzily up someone had said she had a nice firm touch and she had pushed her angry way from the piano across the hearth-rug she should always remember the clear red-hot mass of the fire and the bottle of green chartreuse warming on the blue and cream tiles there were probably only two or three guests but the room had seemed full of people stupid people who had made her play how angry she had been with eve for noticing her discomfiture and with a forgotten guest for her silly remark she knew she had simply poked the piano then there had been the annual school concert all the girls almost unrecognizable with fear she had learnt her pieces by heart for those occasions and played them through with trembling limbs and burning eyes alternately thumping with stiff fingers and feeling her whole hand faint from the wrist on to the notes which fumbled and slurred into each other almost soundlessly until the thumping began again at the musical evenings organized by eve as a winter set-off to the tennis club she had both played and sung hoping each time afresh to be able to reproduce the effects which came so easily when she was alone or only with eve but she could not discover the secret of getting rid of her nervousness only twice had she succeeded 
at the last school concert when she had been too miserable to be nervous and mr strood had told her she did him credit and once she had sung chanson de florian in a way that had astonished her own listening ear the notes had laughed and thrilled out into the air and come back to her from the wall behind the piano the day before the tennis tournament end of chapter three section five recording by expatriate in bangor maine